Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. So I want to start today's episode by asking you to use your imagination. So you're driving home from school and you're sitting at an intersection, a red light, and you're the first person in line at the red light. And so the cars are coming from the left or from the right and you're just sitting there. And then from your right, out of that side street comes a camel that's being ridden by a clown. And the camel, ridden by a clown, walks across the intersection and kind of makes a left and just heads on down the road. So I'm pretty sure that when you get home, that whoever you see first, you're going to tell them, you're never going to believe what I saw today. And you're going to tell them all about the camel being ridden by a clown. And the reason that you're going to do that and probably remember it, oh, I don't know, for years, maybe for the rest of your life, is because rare things are remembered. And the more that we remember that and lean into that as private school leaders, the better. And so I want to talk today about handwritten notes. I am a huge believer in the power of handwritten notes. And one of the things that's great about them is that in our digital world, with texts and tweets and instant messages and Google Chat and everything else, is that handwritten notes are becoming increasingly rare and rare things are remembered. How did you feel the last time that you received a handwritten note or a little thank you card, even a little post-it note on your desk from someone? It makes you feel good. And we are going to talk on today's episode about the unexpected power of a handwritten note and how it can change the way that you lead. But before we get into today's topic... I want to give you a gift for listening to the podcast. And this gift is a six-page PDF called The Six Things That Every Private School Teacher Wants From Their Leader. And it can be a game changer for you. And I guarantee you that if you do these six things, that your teachers at your school will be happy to follow you anywhere. And you can grab your free guide by going to the privateschoolleader.com slash guide. And while you're on the website, you can also check out all the free resources available to you at the privateschoolleader.com slash resources. And something that you'll find there, actually three things, are called plug and play PDs. And it might be something that at this time of year, if you're listening to this in real time, it could, be, it could help you with your staff, with new teacher orientation, with teacher in-service, maybe just to coach up someone who needs some help in a specific area. 
And what these are, plug-and-play PDs, are 45-minute webinars, and they also have guided notes and discussion questions, and there's three of them. The first one is called the Top Six Ways to Build Effective Relationships with Difficult Parents. That might come in handy at your school with your teachers. The, another one is called the Seven Habits of Highly Effective Private School Teachers, and that's all about using Stephen Covey's Seven Habits to apply to your private school and your teachers and self-care and a lot of great stuff in there. And the third one is called Turn Pedestal Kids into Gritty Kids by Implementing Growth Mindset. And if that's something you're thinking about doing at your school, you could check that out. And those are all free for you. They're over at theprivateschoolleader.com slash resources. And um, just check it out. All right. So I want to just say um, very clearly, once again, that I am a huge believer in handwritten notes. And I'll get into what I do a little bit later. But um, every year, I write a lot of handwritten notes. Um, I'm going to talk to you about the thank you cards that I write at Thanksgiving and about the post-it notes that I give to the cast and crew um, at the end of the spring musical and about the graduation cards that I write for the high school graduates and other things. Um, but I've been doing this for a long time, pretty intentional about it for about the last 20 years. And um, I just want you to believe, you're going to hear me say this again later in this episode, but I want you to believe that this is something that you actually have time to do. It's something that can change the way that you lead, and it's incredibly powerful. And so to convince you of that, I want to talk first of all about the psychology behind the power of a handwritten note, when someone receives a handwritten note. And some of these um, points I got from a mirage.com blog. And there are a few things that are very specific about um, psychology and brain science and how we react emotionally when we receive a handwritten note. So the first one is the time investment. So the act of taking the time to write a note in your own handwriting symbolizes the care and attention that you have for the person receiving the note, and it makes the message more impactful. Now, I'm not saying that we're never going to text, that we're never going to send an email. We can still encourage people and thank people and show empathy and sympathy to our team by doing something electronically, but you'll find that the time investment that you use, the time you take to write the handwritten note will have a disproportionately positive and memorable impact on the person receiving it. And I want to give you an example. So we have a teacher at our school. Her name is Michal, and she is a mosaic artist in her spare time. That's one of her passions. And she is unbelievably talented. And we have art in our school um, that's created by Michal. And... Um, Several years ago, uh, probably about seven years ago, she um, wanted to do something nice for our family. She wanted to create a piece of art for our home. And so she asked me for a special, she asked me for a photo. She said a special moment, uh, just a photo that was special to my family or special to my wife and me. 
And when Michal asked me that question, it had been about a year prior to that, that my wife and I had our 25th anniversary and we actually had saved up money and we went somewhere nice. And there was a little uh, wedding gazebo that was overlooking the ocean at the place where we stayed. And, and that was a pretty special place to us for a few reasons. And so we had this photo of this little wedding gazebo with the ocean in the background and a couple plants and so forth. And so we gave the photo to Michal. Now, what would have been really, really nice is if she had gone to the local craft store and purchased a nice frame and framed it and gave us the photo, you know, got it blown up in into, you know, an eight by 10 or whatever, and um, given that to us. That would have been nice. That would have been very sweet. But what she did <laughs> was that she took the photo and somehow she made it into almost an exact recreation, but it was a mosaic. And it's beautifully grouted and glazed and framed. And since the day that we brought that, that I brought that home from school, it has been on our fireplace mantle. And we look at it every day. And it also reminds us of that wonderful trip that we went on. So what's the difference as far as the meaning and how much we love and this cherished possession that we now have? Well, the difference is the time that it took her to create it. And so the time that it takes for us to write that handwritten note is the thing that adds power to it. So it sends the message to the receiver, to the recipient, that you were worth taking the time to do this. So one of the psychological powerful things behind a handwritten note is the time investment. And the second thing, number two, is the tangibility and permanence of handwritten notes. So let's think about that for a second. So unlike an email or a text, they get easily lost in the sea of emails and texts and Google folders and things like that. But a handwritten note has a physical presence. It can be touched and held and kept. And it allows the recipient to revisit the emotions that they felt and the memories associated with the note when they were given the note. And in a few minutes, I'm going to talk to you about how every year I write thank you cards to everyone that I supervise, everyone that I work with, um, the people in the office. So these thank you cards over the past 11 years that I've worked at my school, um, for people who've been there for a long time, you know, I can walk into their classroom or the place where uh, maybe they have a little office and I see years worth of Thanksgiving thank you cards pinned on the little bulletin board behind their desk. And we could say, oh, yeah, well, they're just doing that because you're the boss and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, I feel like based on the reactions that I get is that it was meaningful to them. Um, and so it has permanence and they can hang on to it. And so the tangibility and the permanence add another layer to the allure of a handwritten note. So you've got the time investment, and then you've got a, the tangibility and the permanence. And then number three is the unique personal touch. So if you think about it, your handwriting is about as unique as a fingerprint. 
and it reflects the individual personality of the writer. So some people have flourishing, beautiful teacher, textbook teacher, uh, cursive handwriting, and then you have what I've got, you know, scribbled with all caps and, you know, sometimes hard to read, but it's unique to you. And our world is becoming less personal every day. Um, you call and you want to speak to a human at the utility company or the insurance company or even at the um, at the drugstore. And what do you get? You go through a lot of different um, menu options and maybe you never get to talk to a human. Um, when I go to Walmart, um, I most of the time will use the self-checkout. And um, there's a lot more self-checkouts than there used to be. And I always smile because at the end they ask you to rate your experience. So I always give myself five stars because I feel like I did a good job packing my groceries. But we've got automation. And so my point is, is that there's less personal interaction every day. And COVID only made that worse. And as humans, we crave human connection, even introverts crave connection. And when we receive a handwritten note, we're not only reading the message, but we're also experiencing a part of the sender's persona or their personality by that unique handwriting. And I know that that might sound really weird, but it's, it's true. It's been, it's been backed up with some, with some research. And so this personal touch filled with unique handwriting styles and the little quirks, you know, like a little heart or just a little flourish to the T or whatever, can elicit more a more emotional response and make the message more memorable than think what we're think what it's stacked up against. Think what we're competing with. The text with no punctuation. And we're wondering well, what does that person really mean when they said thanks? Like they didn't put an exclamation point after it. Like what does that mean? We are so used to the digital communication. Again, that unique personal touch makes it stand out. And then here's another thing, and this happens because of the, this happens to the person who's writing it. So speed is celebrated in our society, and I get that. And someone who can type, um, who can keyboard really fast, um, you know, I have admire that person. I should have paid more attention in, in keyboarding or typing class, whatever it was called when I was in school. But writing, handwriting forces us to slow down and kind of focus on the present. And how many times have you hurried up and whether it was a tweet or a text or an email, and then you pushed send and after a minute, you wished that you could have reached into the uh, cyberspace and pulled that thing back? Um, well, not that we're worried about needing to slow down so that we can write something appropriate and not send something in haste like we do with texts and emails. It's not that. The slow nature of handwriting, of, of a handwritten note, allows for more thought and more intentional communication. And I've found this to be very true. So when I sit down and I'm writing these thank you notes for Thanksgiving, I'm thinking very specifically about that person and what am I grateful for about that person, their, their traits, their, their, um, the rapport that they have with the kids or their, their work ethic or um, just their kindness or their willingness to always walk up to a situation and say, how can I help? Or 
you know, the very specific things that make that person who they are. And the nature of handwriting makes you, in my opinion, at least this has been true for me, and it seems like it's true for others in this in this blog uh, that I'm referring to, is, is that it just allows for that thoughtful, intentional communication and allows us to carefully consider our words. And then I think that we just have a maybe a deeper understanding and a better articulation of our thoughts. And we can really get something out when we write it down that maybe when we're going faster, that that doesn't happen. That's certainly been true for me. And then um, number four, I think it is, the emotional weight of handwritten notes. So there is an undeniable emotional weight when it comes to a handwritten note. And I'll tell you what I mean. If it's a birthday card or a thank you note or a sympathy card, handwritten messages just carry a sense of sincerity and effort that digital messages don't. So let me say that again. Think about this. A birthday e-card versus a birthday card, the actual card in the envelope. Uh, a thank you note, in um, even if it's on a, a, a post-it or a piece of paper, but especially if it's an actual little card. Um, a sympathy card. Okay, are we really going to express our sympathy? It, it's better to express your, our sympathy in a text and to check on that person and say if there's anything that you need. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying that if you think about it, that there are certain situations where something that's handwritten carries more sincerity and shows more effort and just seems to carry more weight and have it just more appropriate for the moment than a digital message. And so if that's true and there's undeniable emotional weight attached to uh, handwritten notes, whether they're celebratory or sympathy, then let's step outside of the typical reason that we write a handwritten note or sign a card, you know, a birthday, a thank you, an anniversary, 50th anniversary, or a sympathy card for someone that lost a loved one. Step outside of that for a minute and just think about you expressing gratitude for someone or trying to encourage someone that you know is having a bad day in a handwritten way. It carries more weight. And then um, the last one, and then I'll just give you some miscellaneous other benefits that I've experienced is, is that the message that it sends. So teachers and staff, they want some assurance that their leaders care about them. And it's been proven time after time that employees across all industries, that there's higher staff retention, higher morale, for um, staff members, employees, where they know that their leader cares about them as human beings. And so um, employees want to know, teachers want to know, staff want to know that you appreciate them for what they do and for who they are. And also your teachers, your staff, they want to see you as sympathetic to their circumstances. And so you know, again, you, you, we're not going to write a note for every single thing. You know, um, I, I certainly don't. But um, I, I, you know, if I have a teacher who I know that their elderly parent had a um, had surgery or or maybe their baby was 
home from daycare for the day yesterday and was sick. You know, those kinds of things could be in person, you know, so much better, you know, if you're actually making eye contact and asking the person, but you know, there, it's just a variety of ways to do it. And I just want to try to change your mindset that we're so busy. And often we think, well, the last thing that I have time to do is to write a handwritten note, but we spend time on things that are worth the effort. You know, someone that decides that they want to train for a marathon, they don't just wake up one morning, sign up for a marathon that's going to happen the next day and then go run the marathon. They have to invest time in getting ready for the marathon. And they do that because it's worth it to them. It says something about their identity. Well, I'm just trying to paint a picture for you that makes it feel like it's worth it to you to find ways to be more intentional, to write more handwritten notes more often. And I'm going to give you some strategies on how to fit that into your day and your week and your life in just a couple minutes. But um, let me wrap it up um, with a couple more miscellaneous benefits here. So it will improve morale. It can increase motivation when hard work is noticed and acknowledged, then people want to work harder. Um, it can lead to heightened productivity. And I recognize that productivity is difficult to measure in our schools. But um, people working hard, um, improved connections and, and relationships, better relationships, um, and also retention. You know, I think that team members that feel appreciated um, can lead to um, sticking around. And we all know how much it costs in time, money, um, energy to um, recruit and hire and train uh, new staff. So those are a few miscellaneous benefits. And then the last thing that I want to leave you with on this section as far as the why, why should we do this, is because your employees will want to be led by you. There was a glass door survey done a few years ago, and 81% of employees said that they will work harder for a grateful boss. 81% of employees said they will work harder for a grateful boss. And you say, well, I'm grateful for my teachers. And I tell them all the time, good job, you know, thank you for what you do, and so on and so forth. Um, studies have found, additional to the Glassdoor survey, other studies have found that leaders who express appreciation are more influential, more respected, and um, that the followers, the employees are happier. So your employees will want to be led by you when you intentionally and specifically express appreciation and gratitude for what they do. And they will work harder and they will stick around. So is all of this a guarantee? Is all of this applicable to every single person? Are there people out there who could care less about getting a handwritten note? Of course, but we work with educators. We work with people who have decided that they want to serve these children. And usually most of the people that we work with are pretty high in emotional intelligence. And I have found that people who are high in emotional intelligence, the people that I've worked with over the years, that they really, really appreciate the handwritten note. So let's just pivot here for a moment and I'll give you some strategies. So let's start with what I do. So every year um, at Thanksgiving, I give out 
between 45 and 50 handwritten thank you cards um, the day before Thanksgiving break. And I've been doing that for about 20 to 25 years. And so it's for everyone that I supervise. Um, it's for all of my colleagues, um, so the other leaders on the team, for my boss, um, and also for other staff, like the security officers, the kitchen staff, the office staff, um, the maintenance team. So all of those people, the last several years at my school, that adds up to, like I said, between 45 to 50 thank you cards. So that's staff. <clears throat> then with the spring musical for current students, um, every year we have a headshot board, and um, that's the black and white um, photo with a little bio of the student in the cast or the crew. And then on the last show of the, we do three shows, a Thursday, a Wednesday night, a Thursday night, and a Sunday afternoon, um, I have these post-it notes that I've written in advance, and then I go around, and it's very specific, handwritten about that particular child and what I appreciated about them in the show, whether it was their performance or their work ethic or all of the above. And then I um, stick those onto their um, headshot uh, photos. And then the last thing that I do is, so our school goes up to eighth grade. But then four years later, logically, all of those students graduate from high school. And then I write um, handwritten graduation cards for all of the kids that graduate from high school four years after they've graduated from eighth grade at our school and talk about, you know, favorite memories and class trips and things like that. And then, of course, wish them well. Um, I have my admissions director pull up the list of um, where they're going for college. So good luck at, you know, University of um, Maryland or Ohio State or wherever they might be going. <clears throat> And so those are the three things that I do regularly. And then the rest of the things that I do are um, situational, you know, the other notes that I write. And those fall into the categories of typically like a note of gratitude um, for something that someone did, um, a note of appreciation, recognizing something that I notice and appreciate about that person. Um, a note that expresses empathy, maybe about something difficult that they're going through. And then, of course, uh, a note of sympathy um, if something really tragic has happened in their life. Okay, so I promised you some strategies. So the five strategies are mindset shift, number one. Number two, plan ahead. Number three, pace yourself. Number four, what do I write? And number five, just get started. So real quick mindset shift. First of all, I want you to believe that this is possible and that it is necessary. And I know that you're thinking, I can't even keep my nose above water in the deep end of the pool here. And oh, by the way, my hair is on fire. How am I going to find time to do this? Well, we're going to talk about that um, as far as how you can actually get this done. But then I would point you back to some of the episodes uh, episode seven on the productivity hacks and um, some other episodes about productivity that would help. And if you were to schedule something into your day um, here and there, um, it would help. But ultimately, 
it comes down to, first of all, deciding that this is something that you want to do. And then if it's important to you, you will find ways to make the time. But first is the mindset shift. Okay. Second is to plan ahead. All right. So there's two parts to this. The first is, is that when I'm writing, when I'm handing out 48 thank you cards the day before Thanksgiving break, I didn't write all those the day before. So what I'll do is I'll start along about usually four weeks out, like around the last week of October, and I'll put into my schedule, um, I'll figure out how many I'm going to write, and then I think I think I can write about five, five or six in 30 minutes. And so I'll just sort of like divide by how many I'm going to do, and then I'll just schedule it in to my to my calendar. Um, and usually it happens after school, you know, before I leave for the day, because the day has a way of making everything go sideways. But um, my point is, is that if I don't start early, and if I don't put it into my schedule, then it's going to be two days before Thanksgiving. And then I'm just going to not do it. So if you have an idea of something that you want to do for the whole team, then you have to start early. And so same way with the post-its for the spring musical. I don't wait until the day before the final show. I sometimes will wait until I see the first show, but I go up for rehearsal. And so I have a sense of like who's doing what, and I have a sense of these kids. And so I'm doing that, you know, usually starting a couple weeks out. And then same with the graduation cards. Um, you know, I don't wait until the last minute. So start early and schedule it. And then number three is pace yourself. Um, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about kind of spreading it out and scheduling it because here's the thing, you know, if you decide you want to lose 10 pounds in a week, it's probably not going to happen. But if you want to lose 10 pounds in five weeks and you have a plan, you're probably going to meet that goal. And here's the other part is, is that writing causes your hand to hurt. <laughs> and so if you're trying to write 30 post-it notes or 30 cards in this really condensed amount of time, it's going to be very difficult physically to do it because of holding the pen and just that writing. Our hands aren't used to writing that much. And so that's another reason that I pace myself. And then just to find these little pockets of time here and there, if you always have, um, what I do in, in those times is that I always have the post-its with me, or if it's October, beginning of November, um, wherever I'm going to a meeting, this and that, I'll always have some thank you cards there. And so, you know, you show up to a meeting on time and it doesn't start on time, boom, I just wrote a card or two cards. So just finding those little pockets of time. And then I, um, number four is, well, what do I write? All right. So this one you probably don't need any help with, but I'll help those that do. First of all, just be sincere and just write, speak from your heart and write it down. Just lean into that empathy and compassion, but you can also do it concisely. It doesn't have to be a novel because you won't get as many done as you would like and just be specific. The biggest thing is to be specific as far as I'm concerned is I really appreciate blank, you know, about you, or I noticed that you did X, Y, Z, and I just 
am very grateful for that. And I'm, I'm grateful for you because, you know, just be specific. You know, you do a great job, exclamation point. Yeah, we like to get that. But what's even better is when we're being specific because then that person knows that you noticed, knows that you saw them. And you've heard me say before about live the quote and the quote from Maya Angelou, forget, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I like to think of when I write a handwritten note that I'm doing a feelings transplant. And so a feelings transplant for me is what am I feeling about that person? How do I transplant that from my heart and my brain onto that piece of paper? And then I just write and it, it, it works. Um, and then I think very intentionally about how will this make them feel when I'm trying to encourage someone. So again, living the quote. And then finally is to just get started. Um, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't try to do, a, you know, 100 if you've never done two uh, in a week. A few is better than none. And um, just lean into it. What do you actually feel? Gratitude, appreciation, empathy, sympathy. So just put it on paper. Um, just write one. Just start. Um, so our big takeaways from today's episode, handwritten notes are remembered because they are rare. Just like that camel with the clown that passed through the intersection where you were sitting on the way home. You'll remember that forever. Handwritten notes are remembered because they are rare. The psychology behind the power of a handwritten note the time investment, the tangibility and permanence of handwritten notes, the unique personal touch, the slow nature of handwriting allows us to express our feelings, the emotional weight of a received handwritten note, and the message that it sends. And then how do I do this? A mindset shift, plan ahead, pace yourself, and then what do I write? Try to do a feelings transplant and then just get started. And your call to action this week is to write three handwritten notes in the next week for somebody that you work with or that works for you. So let's wrap it up. I want to give you another free gift for listening to the podcast. This one's called Five Strategies to Help You Work with Difficult Parents. And it's a guide for you to have better meetings and build those relationships with the ones that are demanding and drain you emotionally. And you can get that guide over at the privateschoolleader.com slash parents. And let me know if you are using a strategy or what your pain points are. Send me an email at mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And the show notes from today's episode are at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 43. A new episode comes out every week. And you can find me on Instagram at theprivateschoolleader or Twitter at thePSleader. And if you got value from this episode, just please, please, please share it with other leaders or aspiring leaders at your school. I just got an email this week from a guy in Louisiana who um, was on vacation in South Carolina, heard about the podcast, had never heard about it before, listened to a few episodes, and he's shared it with 14 different leaders in his um, area and um, at his on his team. 
And so that's what it's all about is just getting this content out there to more leaders to help inspire, encourage, and equip them to lead their schools. So thank you for that. I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I want to say I appreciate you so much and all your amazing work at your school. Thank you so much for taking some of your time this week to join me and to listen today. And I will see you next time on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.